Can you believe so? Stressed like Tiger Woods for that tournament on the last day. Go Tiger! <laughs> it's all we were hearing off the greens. Go Tiger! All right, Tiger! Baba Booey! It was funny as hell. Ah, oh, dude. That shit was so funny. I mean, the dude comes walking in to the, to the clubhouse, munching on a banana. He's got a cooler jamming music up on his shoulder. He's got the red tiger mock tee with the black pants on. And for anyone out there that doesn't know who this guy is, he's probably, I don't know, 5'10", 5'11", 230 pounds. He looks just like Tiger Woods. Right. Essentially, a Tiger Woods clone. So, easily mistakable this weekend at Apple Valley. Easily Golf mistakable. God, man. Welcome to Good Lies Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman, and I shot a 102 this week. Pretty damn proud of it. Two fairways out of 18, didn't even use a driver. Come on, 102, solid. Zach, on the other hand, this week, playing at Baltusrol, New Jersey, one of the best courses in the world. Guy plays lights out, comes in 36th, legend. Shout out to Zach. And then we got Brendan Lawson, coming in hot. Shot a great round of golf this weekend. I was there, I witnessed it. And the guy's back. His game's hot, he's ready to go. Welcome to Good Lies Golf. Cheers. Yeah, man, that guy was dressed to the nines. I was saying how he looked like Shane Lowry and Tiger had a baby. And he was just right there, ready to ready to go. That would be a hell of a golfer. Shane Lowry and Tiger Woods. Power drive. Something I'd like to see. With the putter of a guy. How, how do we how do we get both of their sperms? shake him up and create that that's know. one hell of a golfer he's going to be the next generation of golfer right there i'm sure there's some lab we can call to figure this out we can we can get it going what a weekend though it was a fun weekend with the boys had 20 of us up there in ohio and apple valley brendan's neck of the woods drove out there from new york it was a nice time shot some golf Fucking played 36 holes, excuse me, each day. It was was fun. It was hard on your body, of course. I know Brendan's banged up a little bit from that. Definitely thankful I brought yeah. the Theragun along. Oh, yeah, that, that thing did it. My favorite moment of the weekend might have been when you just randomly walk into uh, one of the condos. We were all sitting, chilling, shooting the shit, and here comes Sherman walking in, <laughs> squats on the Theragun, and just you know, pounds away at his asshole. Yeah, man, that's how I do it sometimes to prep for my round. I just got to get in there with the glutes. Got to get in there with the glutes, the hammies, dude, the quads. Just got to get all up in it and just, you know, massage them muscles out before you play. Loosen them up. Yeah. Dude, that, that was the most golf I've ever played, like, consecutively. And I felt decent, but I can't lie. When I woke up on that last day when we were leaving, man, my body was exhausted. I was dead. I think I'm still recovering a little bit, but... You know what I did as soon as I got home? Got some canes. Went right to the garage, man. Started getting strokes in, working on the swing. <laughs> there you go. The back shit, in it. Shit doesn't stop, man. It doesn't no stop. Sleep. I got a new driver. I, like I came back home to a new Callaway Rogue Max. So I'm ready to hit that thing, man. I'm excited. I'm waiting. Got a round coming on Friday. Real excited to play that club. Nice. Hell yeah. There you go, man. Yeah, you're going to need it after you snapped your other driver. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> little story from uh... past weekend. We have a video of Brendan getting of me snapping my driver on the 18th because I wasn't very happy with it throughout the day. Wasn't a great driver to begin with. I bought the wrong one, essentially. It had a senior flex shaft. I blew it. And, yeah, rendered the club useless, so I decided to send it swimming. And that's what happened. Swimming in Apple Valley's pond, man. Yep. So shout out to those people, those nice people there there that fished it out and probably taped it back together and used it. I don't know, man. Whatever happened. For the nice people that dealt with all of us degenerate assholes for three and a half days. The girl at the pro shop said that we went through collectively probably 30 bottles of Tito's. <laughs> no, I go up to the, the thing and I'm like, hey, can I get a John Daly with Tito's? And she's like, no, you guys drank all of our Tito's in the last two days. We don't have any more Tito's. You only have absolute. I said, oh, wow. We're a bunch of assholes. That's awesome. That is awesome. No, you you know they uh, they loved us, but they hated us. Oh yeah, shout out to that. I mean, that, shit. that establishment, great people, great folks. Yeah. the fine folks. Hey, at I Apple can't, Valley Golf I can't Club. lie. I know you. Uh, I know you were hurting a little, revved up, a little heated about the short turnaround on uh, you know uh, first round to second round on that Saturday. But I can't lie, man. I I enjoyed every second of being out outside on a golf course for thirteen straight hours. <laughs> yeah. I was nothing I mean, like two six, two back to back six hour rounds. You know what I mean? I mean, it's certainly the first time I've ever done anything like that, and I certainly will say I don't know if I'd do it again back to back like that. But it was definitely exciting to just keep playing, like to to just keep having the muscle memory all day long was pretty intense. Like you, like I felt like when you're running on a treadmill for a really long time and you step off and you feel like you're running still. I kind of felt that like with my golf muscles, like I just felt like the swing had muscle memory built into it because I was just swinging so much so many times yeah. and such a little time period that I felt like my muscles just like adapted. And that's why I shot the best golf out of the weekend in that last round, because I feel like my muscles were just so memorized at that point that I just, everything was working. I don't know. It just felt great. For sure. No. Yeah. No, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I, I started to find, the most rhythm I've ever had in my life uh, out there for a few rounds. I mean, there was a, there was a point in time. I, I thought I was about to shoot the round of my life. I was what three over through seven holes on a front nine. And I ended up doubling the eighth and, and shot a 40. And then from there I went double, double, double and still finished with an 85. So I had four doubles and shot 85, but just the swing itself felt phenomenal and i think to your point i mean you you play enough that consecutively you just start to find a rhythm your muscle memory is there and everything starts feeling good which is why i went straight to the workshop straight to the garage right next to the trash can uh when i got <laughs> home and and just continued that rhythm man i wanted to keep that that feeling going that's what it but, is uh, it really feels like that your, your muscles yeah. are like bounce back they but reflex what what a weekend though man looking forward to getting after it again next year i mean it was fun it was rowdy bunch of laughs we had some guys that went a little too hard on some weed brownies got a little <laughs> too crazy <laughs> the, so the guy like who organized the event he will be listening to this i'm sure the guy who organized the event i think on the last round day i guess didn't realize how strong these weed edible brownies were that he consumed <laughs> and i think he had just ingested far too much of them so i think he missed the first nine holes of the last round <laughs> and had to yeah. and i guess you were partnered with the other guy i think right it was like all he I had was, to do was i was partnered with both of them 
<laughs> so all he had to do, uh, you, your partner, all he had to do was break a seven, I think, right? And then he would have won. Yeah, the- yeah. So Friday night, two dudes, they both end up eating some brownies. And it, it was late at night. They didn't kick in right away. They ended up passing out. They woke up the next morning. And as soon as they woke up, like, that shit was just, it was already rolling, right? So <laughs> Level 10, death gone. Of- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. Like that's like you wake up. It's like one of those dreams you wake up from, and you think you're awake, but your body won't move at all, and you're just kind of in that like in between. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so one dude didn't even make it to the the tee off. He missed the entire first nine. The other guy that he was matched up with, who was my playing partner, he was vibing the whole time. He's throwing up by hole three. He's like, hey, uh, man, I think I'm just going to sit a couple holes out. And I'm like, all right, man, as long as you if, as long as long you get a seven on one of these holes, you should win. Because we're playing match play, and the max is eight on a hole. So by the 10th hole, the guy he's playing with calls him and says, hey, what hole you guys on? Says we're about to tee off on 10. So he meets up, and I go, all right, Joe, here's the deal. AP is up on you, nine holes with nine holes to play. <laughs> so... So you got to come in hot. He steps up to the to swing um, at the, the tee shot, and he swings. It's awful. He goes, yeah, that's a no. AP won. He uh, conceded right there right away. But, dude, <laughs> that was the weirdest round of golf I've ever been a part of. And, God, I'm so happy that I was a part of it because it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. AP's on, like, hole 15, putting on the cart path from 80 yards out. <laughs> Sounds like me, man. Legend. He, he was in his own world, man. But good good for those guys, man. It was, a, it was a good time. I think all of us needed it. Yeah, absolutely. Man. But segueing in here, going to switch up gears. We're going to briefly mention a little respect here to Xander Shoffley just coming in hot, winning the Travelers Championship last weekend. Got to respect that. I almost called it. I called Xander losing to Cantlay in second place, but act, and that's actually what looked like was going to happen. Start of the fourth round, Cantlay was first, Shoffley was second. My picks were looking great, and Cantlay just fell apart on that fourth round like he always does on that fourth round and just blows it up and, you know, winds up taking back a few places, and then my prediction was kind of washed but you know still had a great line my line was still epic I had a great placed finish but yeah just not not the victory call I wanted but yeah Xander shout out to Xander that was that was a battle and then last day he held strong Cantlay fell off it was really it yeah no that was uh that was ill Sherm that great picks what a call man if, if that came down to a playoff between those two that would have been probably one of the greatest sports calls in history Yep. Uh, unfortunately <laughs> you got you got Patrick Cantlay who uh was out there shooting golf like we we play I mean he had I think nine bogeys and a double on, on uh, that final round Blew not up. sure what happened there man he hadn't gone above 68 all week and then he ends up shooting a 76 he probably on had to take round, a shit so. honestly that's probably that might have been what it is that might have been what it was maybe, maybe he had some bad brownies I don't know wow maybe that could have been a thing maybe they were sold the same bad weed brownies could totally be possible. <laughs> that might that might have been it. Might have been it. But <laughs> you know, I, I think we gotta we gotta give a shout out to Sahith Tagala though. I mean the dude played lights out. Boy. Yeah, I, I love him. But 
we've kind of seen this happen before. I mean, at, at the waste management, he had something similar happen to him that happened to him here at 18 at the Travelers, where all he had to do was really hit a three wood, put it in the fairway, give himself a chance to get the ball in the green and make a putt because he had the lead going into 18 with Xander one group behind him. And he ends up pulling driver, puts it in the left bunker, right up against the lip, tries to hit it out. It doesn't go anywhere. He has to hit it out again from the bunker, and he ends up going on to double the hole and loses by two. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, he's a rookie. He's made a mistake. Right. Maybe you next gotta, time he's in yeah. contention, and, you know, he doesn't pull driver. Maybe he just lays it up a little bit. So. Right. That And that's what it is. It's just rookie mistakes. It's just that rookie pressure. It's just getting in his own head that late in the tournament with that much on the line. It's just that rookie pressure, I think. Just like we see Davis Riley, just like we see in Alex Smalley, you know, all these all these rookie guys that have that trouble finishing. I think it just speaks to the rookie nature of golf. It's just hard. It's intimidating, as we know, as golfers yeah. that shoot like crap. But, yeah. For sure. You know, yeah, great and before thing. we move off, I got to give one quick shout out because, I mean, I, I think he was the highest finishing amateur ever at this tournament. And I'm going to butcher his last name, but Michael Thabjorsen. I don't know. Mm, don't That's know. probably not how don't you say him. his name. But he's a he's an amateur. Dude finished solo fourth at uh, 15 under. Man, what a tournament for that dude. He finished with weekend rounds of both 66. Dude came to play, man. For sure. Definitely did. Segwaying to the John Deere Classic, this week's PGA Tour tournament. John Deere Classic has always been an epic tournament. It's always been a close one, provides very low scores, or I guess high scores, however you want to look at it. It really is not that tough of a golf course. It's a par 71, 7,268 yards, designed by D.A. Webring, who won it three times. They asked him to create the course. The guy was so good, they were like, help us create TPC Deer Run. Let's do it. So that's what happened, and that's why you have the course. Three par fives, four par threes, 11 par fours. You really got to capitalize on the par fives, and birdies are going to matter big time. It's bent grass greens and fairways with very thick Kentucky bluegrass roughs, so one of the gnarliest roughs in the PGA Tour. And the course is tree-lined, so you're going to have to be accurate, even though the fairways are slightly wide, and you're going to need to have good around-the-green game because rough is going to matter. So that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I think one of the biggest things, and you mentioned this, I mean, this is typically a shootout. So, you know, when we're thinking about guys that we're going to be making picks for or guys that we like for this tournament that are going to win it, we're looking at guys that are going to be making birdies, right? Going out there and putting up low scores. So right. I believe in the last five playings of the John Deere Classic, the average winning score is around 21 under. So yeah. you need to really target the guys that are out there making birdies on these par fours. I think you said there's 11 of them. So that's going to be a big total of these low scores that these guys are going to be going after. So if you can find some guys that are going to be great par four scores, you're probably going to be building a nice lineup. And and a fun fact, the winners from this tournament have been from a playoff or a one-stroke off 16 times since 2000. So Yeah, that is, that's insane. It's going to be thin as a hair close, I think. Birdie, birdie friendly, yeah. crowded leaderboards, 
And we didn't even mention yet, there's no heavy hitters in this lineup. It's anyone's game. The heaviest hitter in this entire lineup is Adam Hadwin. And no offense to Adam Hadwin, but as amazing as he is, he's not the heaviest hitter either. So it's just crazy. It's a very weird field. And the reason because of that is because the PGA switched up how the schedule was. Now with the Scottish Open hindering the field, and then you have the LIV edition with all these golfers going over to the LIV, you really have a weak field. There's not that second tier that the LIV kind of took of like B celebrity golfers. That was all taken by LIV. So now you just really have a crowded field of corn fairy guys and and solid pros that are older, and it's just a strange field. And I think that really makes it anyone's game. It really does. Yeah. Some people would say that's boring. You don't have any of these big hitters in there, big names. But to me, I think that makes it exciting. You know, just from a golf perspective, you're going to get a lot of low scores, and it's going to be kind of anyone's game. Anybody could rise to the top. It could be some guy that's you know, that costs six thousand dollars on DraftKings, or it could be you know Webb Simpson who's at the top of the the board on DraftKings. So you really just don't know. I think that opens up a great opportunity, especially for guys that are betting or, or placing lineups within DraftKings, because if you do your research, you have a much better opportunity than some of these other uh, average guys just tossing in random names to, to win. So sure. I think this is a really good opportunity for us to uh, maybe throw out some nice lineups for uh, some people to put in DraftKings. I think so, too, man. And this is where you get your quality betting odds picks too. I mean, some of these guys are rolling in at 40 to one odds, 50 to one odds that have great chances to win this thing. So you have a great opportunity as a better, a sports better to get in on this tournament this week. You were saying, man, Webb Simpson and Christian are the only players really inside the top 75 that are actually going to try to make a difference. But Webb Simpson hasn't played this course in over a decade and he didn't have a great showing last time. So I don't know if I'm even picking Webb Simpson in my lineup this week because it's just a little risky. That's all. Uh, yeah. No matter yeah. if he's a greater golfer than the other guys in the field or what have you. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't had a great season just in, you know, to what his par average would be, but he's played better recently. I know he had injuries earlier in the season. You could certainly play him. It's not like he's got an outlandish price. It's not like a Scotty Scheffler who's you know price tagged at eleven thousand, and it makes no room for anybody else except for bottom feeders. I mean, you could certainly squeeze him in there with some other average sure. guys, average cost guys. Yeah. But to your point, though, does that make sense to even go after him with having such a weak field? I mean, you could probably no. find guys that have just as good of a chance to win this sitting in those middle tiers. Not not in my lineup this week. I'll just give a preview there. <laughs> and I'll say, this is also a big thing for the Midwest. This course is in Illinois, smack dab in Illinois, middle of the country. Midwesterners play well here. This is a Midwestern players course. So that, you know, you're talking about guys like Zach Johnson. You're talking about Doug Gim. You're talking about, you know, there's these guys that that are Illinois boys that can make, it, make a difference. So... I, I think they're going to be the ones that kind of come in hot and, and uh, show some stripes here for the hometown. Yeah, yeah. Another guy, and like I just said, so Nick Hardy, he's also an Illinois boy, a hometown kid. Love and he's Nick been, Hardy. He's been playing really, really great. I'll be honest, hopefully you have him. I don't have him in, in my lineup here, but I did make some others. And, oh, and you could say I have him, a, right? A feature. Perfect, perfect. No, I think that's a, that's a really great pick. So I, I won't say anything else about him because I know you uh, – 
ultimately will when you lay out your your lineup. But I like missing Nick Hardy. Yeah, man. I, I love that. And I, I agree. And and like we said, I mean, the course really is bringing apart these golfers that you just have to be a well-rounded guy. You have to play every club in your bag pretty well. You have to be able to kind of hit everything. The course has, you know, undulated fairways. It has uh, sloping greens and stuff like that. You're going to need to just pl- have all the clubs ready. Everything's going to be ready to play. You can't be one of those golfers that only does one thing good. You have to have a well-rounded game and you got to be a hell of a ball striker. You've got to also be able to score on par fives and get some birdies. So it really is going to be a well-rounded golf tournament. It's not going to be one of those things where, oh, the long drivers come in first and the guys here. Like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's just a well-rounded golf game, golf course. So that's how they're going to have yep. to play. Yeah. And on top of that, too, you know, I'm pretty sure when you look back at the winners of this tournament in the past, a big key to victory for them was driving accuracy and keeping that ball in play off the tee. So that definitely comes into play with with my picks that we'll uh, lay out here shortly. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. You do have to have driving accuracy. It is tree-lined. However, they did say the fairways are a little more forgiving in terms of their width, but I honestly think that with those thick rough, anything makes it intimidating. If you know as a player that that thick rough is there, it doesn't matter what the fairway is wide. You're still consciously thinking about, hey, if I shank this, it's going right in that thick rough and I can't recover because most likely I won't be able to because it's the fourth hardest rough in the PGA. So not as hard as what we saw at the U.S. Open, but still very, very crazy thick rough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, like I said, if you look back at leaderboards from past years, you get a lot of guys that are, are either in contention or way up on that leaderboard. And a lot of times they're not long hitters. They're just guys that, you know, kind of dink and dunk, get it in play. And then, you know, they just have a great week putting. Again, kind of glimpsing into uh, potentially some of the reasons I picked some of the guys that I did. Sure. Well, that's a perfect segue to start our picks. Moving on to our DraftKings picks for the week for the John Deere Classic about to crush it i think i'm gonna call the winner this week i think i'm really just on a hot streak here with calling great picks but since i won brendan you have to go first yeah no that's totally cool i mean i sucked last week let's be honest let's get it out there let's get it don't pick brendan or zach picks last week just ryan's picks did well uh i've been struggling here i'll be honest guys i've had some nice sleepers i've had some good picks i just haven't put it all together Put it together. this is the week. Put it together for us. Hopefully this is the week. All right. Well, I'll kick mine off. I'm going to go a little Canadian love here. Not the guy you're thinking of. It is not Hadwin. I'm going a little Adam Stenson. Wow. Good call. I I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I like him. With relative to the the field that was playing this week, he's number one in the field in strokes gain approach. And he's number one in the field, and birdies are better gained. So, like I said, we're looking at a shootout here. I like this guy to go out there, give himself some opportunities with that approach game, and really light it up with the birdies. So, I like Adam Spenson this week. Next, I got John Huh. That's right. John Huh. (laughs) I like this guy. He's 22nd on tour and driving accuracy. So, again, like I mentioned, getting the ball in play, giving himself opportunities. He's got three straight top 25 finishes. In those top 25 finishes, he's gained a total of 21 strokes to the field. Wow. Uh, so he's going out there. He's lighting it up when he's had those opportunities. He's chasing. Oh, yeah. He's going after it. He's going after it. 
historically TPC deer run, it rewards accurate drivers. And I think this is just going to be one of those guys that he gets out there and dinks and dunks, give himself opportunities and lights it up a little bit. And Hey, nice. T13 last week with a 10 underscore at travelers. Solid. Maybe that carries over mm. from there. I'm going to go a little Nate Lashley action. All right. This guy's eighth on tour in driving accuracy. He's 24th on tour in birdie or better average. And he's 52nd on tour in putting. I think he's got a good overall game. And, you know, he had a little uh, T25 last week. So he's playing some good golf coming in. And I I think he's got the real keys to the car in terms of uh, everything you need to be successful on this course. Man, yeah. I liked Lashley, I almost put him in my lineup, but I switched out at the very last second. He's a great pick for this week. I might regret it, but I got to do what I got to do. But great pick. That's all right, man. That's all right. I'll be honest, Sherm. Struggling to make my pick here for winner. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut on this next one. I'm going to Cam Davis. Mm, all right. Cam, I like it. Cam Davis, the Australian guy, big boy, 6'4. He's a big hitter. Not the most accurate off the tee. I think that's going to be okay, though. I think he's going to get a pass here. He is 17th in bent grass putting. He's third in the field strokes gained approach. He's third in the field and birdies are better gained. And he's Mm. fourth in the field strokes gained on par fours, which we said there's 11 par fours. So I think if he's able to just kind of navigate himself around enough off the tee, He's going to have plenty of opportunities to, to get those birdies and be in the mix. Awesome. I'm going to go with a little Denny McCarthy next, okay? Mm. I like Denny McCarthy. Didn't play great last week. That's all right. I'm hoping guys that are making bets are laying off this guy, and I'm that lucky dude that uh, picks him, all right? He's one of the best putters on, on tour. He's fifth Fact. strokes gained putting for the season. He's 20th in par four scoring. Like we said, that's going to be a big piece here. And when we get these tournaments that are shootouts and you really need to make birdies, yes, it makes sense to, to keep your ball in play. But usually what that comes down to is who's making putts, right? So I think if you have one of the best putters on tour, if he has a good opportunity to keep the ball in play and give himself the chance to make putts, I think he's going to have a massive week. Mm. Next, like my it. winner. I'm going Adam Long. Adam wow. Long, he's yeah, he's Curveball. ranked inside the top 25 in strokes gained putting, total putting, one putt percentage, every key statistic you need as far as putting, he is top 25. He also ranks 17th in total birdies and 39th in driving accuracy percentage. Hmm. So again, hitting all the key tiers that I've, I've listed already, but uh, you know, I think I'm going to throw a curveball like you said. I think he ends up having a big week and maybe I get lucky, but either way, whether he wins or not, I think he's in contention. I like it. I like to pick good stuff. stuff. What you got, Sharm? My lineup for this week, I have to say I'm very proud of, I think this is going to be a damn good lineup. And I think since last week I had the hot hands I think it's going to carry over. And I picked a couple golfers with that same set of keywords, hot hands. Without further ado, I'll start off with a little Adam Hadwin. Have to choose him here. What more can I say? Serious ball striker. 
one of the best players in the field, probably the best player in the field, nabs birdies all day long, can drive it down the fairway straight, has great accuracy, and crushes his strokes gained on putting bent grass. So all great factors for this course. Course history is big for him too. He's done really well here. Two top 20s over the last five events. And he wants to punch his card to the open. He wants the open. He's one of the most competitive golfers on the PGA Tour, and he wants the damn open. So I think he's really going to play lights out to try to get there, and we're going to see him play some great golf. Dude, that's such a cop-out, dude. Come on. He's the only good one I put on there, man. All my other guys are horses, dude. So Adam Hadwin's in there. Second player I'm going to talk about here, going to bring it back. Midwestern boy, Illinois guy, our guy, Doug Gim. I'm picking him two straight weeks in a row. You know what? Okay, he didn't have a great week last week. Whatever, Doug. We don't care about that shit. You wipe that off, and you get out there, and you slay it like a dragon. Hits his irons like a god. Perfect person you need for a course like this. I think he's looking for a nice rebound after that last week at the Travelers. I think he's going to be pissed at that. He wants to kind of start swinging and and, and play some better golf. I think he's going to be looking for his ticket into the Open. I mean, I really do. I think he's hungry, and he's got a lot to prove. So I I like him, and I think he's going to do well. Yeah. No, I I like that too. I like a little Dougie Fresh. I think he's suited well for this course. And honestly, he didn't even play that bad last week. He had a 70 and 71, missed the cut, but I love the picture. Yeah. Next up, throwing a little Mark Hubbard action at it. Haven't picked this guy in a while since like week one or two since we started doing this. Kind of been in a little rut, but he's been slaying cuts lately. I mean, his his year overall, I mean, he's made a crap load of cuts. In the past like eight, I think he's missed two. So he's really doing well on his cuts. Great deep value for a DraftKings lineup. He should place in the top 20 here on this course with this field. So for his price, top 20 is great. I think he's going to provide good value. He's got great approach game, great putting. He can lay down eagles. He's one of the best players for eagles on tour being 25th. And this will matter on a course with, you know, three par fives and a high scoring event. And also course history favors him. He's played well. So I really think with all those factors, Mark Hubbard's going to be a problem. So there you go. Mark Hubbard, Adam Hadwin, Doug Gim, my first three, starting it strong. Next pick here, moving it on over to a little JT Poston. We all know who he is. Solely on how well he played last week, to be honest with you. I think he has the hot hands, and I think it'll carry over to this week. There's really nothing about his game that drastically sticks out for this course, but his scoring average is one of the lower on the PGA, and his work around the green is impressive. So I think that will help out, and great with his short game and putter, he'll look to make a difference. So I think he's going to just carry over the hot hands, the momentum, and kind of bring it over. I like it, man. And honestly, when we're talking about driving accuracy and and courses that you got to keep the ball in play, give yourself chances for birdies, he's played historically well on courses like that. He played well last week at the Travelers at the T2. Right. He had a T9 at Wells Fargo, and he had a T3 at RBC Heritage. All courses that you really got to keep that ball in play. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Then I'm going with my next up, little Chase Reavy. You know what I'm saying? Little Chase Reavy. Great approach golfer. Loves his accuracy off the tee. This will come in handy this week where there's tree-lined fairways and gnarly bluegrass rough like we talked about. Course history for him is great. 
18th last year, and he's made the cut two out of three times he's played it. So solid value player that'll put up points this week, and he's been playing okay. So I really think he'll have some momentum going into this week. With a weak field, I think he can make a little bit of magic happen and give me a little, you know, a little top 20 placement to hook up my score a little bit on DraftKings. Make a little Chaz. Make a little Chaz, dude, on Chaz. And the last but not least, the winner of the tournament, which we already alluded to. I'm going with the young buck, Illinois boy, Nick Hardy. I'm calling it. I'm just like sick of no one of these young guns coming out here from Corn Ferry smoking people. I think it's overdue. He's been playing incredible golf lately. This kid has been lighting it up. Second in a Corn Ferry Tour event. Then he gets 35th at the RBC, 14th at the U.S. Open, and then 8th at the Travelers. I mean, that's just trending. I mean, that's, come on. He's playing hot golf. This shows that he can compete with the best of them and not falter under pressure. And then with a weak field, he should be able to capitalize and gain some serious scoring that'll put him in a position on the leaderboard. Especially with him being an Illinois guy, you know he's played this course before, and he's got hot, hot, hot hands. I think this tournament is going to host a winner that's a local guy or a young buck or a dark horse, and I think he's all three. So I, I just think this victory is calling for him, and I think this is going to be it. And we're all going to hear the story of Nick Hardy. Hey, man, I love it. I called him out earlier. I, I said I hope that you picked him. You did. Thank you, Sherman. I wanted him in my lineup. I put him in some others. Went a different way. But just to add on to that, this guy over the last 20 rounds is second only to Denny McCarthy in putting. So, lights out. like I said, he gets on the green, gives himself a chance. He could get hot with that putter, and yeah, I could see him winning this thing. Great call. Yeah. Man. And then Zach's picks, because he's not in the studio tonight, he will give us those tomorrow. You won't miss out, though. You will get Zach's picks tomorrow afternoon. He will send those over. And that's it, basically, for this week. That's basically the show, guys. Anything else you want to add, Brendo? I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested Maybe this is something we'll have to look into. I'm interested to see how the viewership is for this tournament with it being the first time a, a live golf tournament is being played in the U.S. also mm. at the same time. So right. I'm interested to see where that viewership is with the two of them. Good but to know. I think this will be an exciting uh, tournament, though. 100% agreed. That being said, I think that concludes a another episode of good lies golf i think we're we're there we're doing it wow another week what week are we on now brendan man 11 something like that we're on like week 11 we got 11 episodes so i think we're almost on week 11 something like that but want to shout out to all the people that listen all the ohio listeners the new york listeners the california the floridas we love all you guys Michigan, we appreciate all you listeners. We know you're all out there. We're growing this thing. Right. Basically anywhere, guys. We got people from Japan listening. Okay? We're legit. We're growing. So stay tuned and enjoy another next week of Good Lies Golf. Cheers.